Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your you love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUTs after further review. Got that holy water from the game instrumental here. On 88.3 WGTs after further review and know who's on the docket right now, Frank Vashner, and he's gonna talk his state of the state for the mitten for Michigan Wolverines and Michigan State. As sometimes that becomes a war on the football field and on the basketball court. But right now, let me talk a little bit about the basketball court. And uh Frank, go ahead. All right, well, I'll begin with a team that just had their season ended yesterday by Rutgers, and that is Michigan. And I actually had a good conversation with a friend of the show, Cody Stanfill, who I will say is the president of the Doug McDaniel fan club unofficially. Is he the one that always asking about bets and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, he has asked about it. He's tuned in, on, he's tuned in regularly on the Facebook Live. So, uh, How does he like the show? Oh, he enjoys it. Okay. He's in regularly. And, but anyways, time to get into Michigan. Okay. And I think here, here's what I'm just going to come out and say that next year, Jawan Howard has got to do something. has got to be better. I mean, he, given the fact that he had two NBA prospects on the team and a college All-American finishing at it with a – the record that they did, which I'm going to have to pull up, it's it's unacceptable. I mean, there's really no other way I can put it. And I know people are going to point to, well, he won the Big Ten his second year. And, of course, that was the COVID year. And I know that there are a lot of Michigan fans that will say COVID wasn't real. Well, if you want to use that argument, then I guess the year well, that you claimed to win the Big Ten in basketball is not real either. But 17-15... Overall, I mean, I. In fact, I I even mentioned you guys back in December when uh, they lost to Central Michigan, that this team was in some serious trouble, and turns out that was just really a foreshadowing of it. That, but I mean, it really comes down to all the talent they have. Look, I know that Doug McDaniel's only a freshman point guard, and I will I'll give Howard credit. I mean, he. Derek, I believe you said to me that that's kind of the biggest knock on Juwan Howard is he's not able to develop guards as well as John Beeline did. But, I mean, I will say McDaniel, I thought, has stepped up very well and played. But I'm also going to say that if Frankie Collins was still on the team, I think this team has probably got at least two or three more wins under their belt. And the other thing, too, I mentioned to you, is they're one in twelve in one possession games, and it seems like they always seem to melt down in close games in the final two minutes. I mean, we saw that that in pretty much the last three games against Illinois that went double overtime, um, the Indiana game where Kobe Bufkin basically tries to 
throw the ball off of Hunter Dickinson's rear end. And I re- and even the game against Rutgers where they lost you by eight points where they basically just couldn't hit water if they were standing on a boat dock in the middle of the lake in the second half. Uh, the fact that the coach's son, Jed Howard, doesn't even check out on a missed free throw and allows the Rutgers to get a rebound put it back in, that's pretty much just a description of the season. And look, I, uh, I mean, I've said this too. If Beeline was still the coach, I don't think you'd be seeing these types of errors late in games because as much of a pain in the ass Beeline was to me as a Michigan State fan, I absolutely respected the hell out of him because he always had his crap together. He knew what to do. He kept, guys, guys did their job. Uh, they executed. And it, do, it seems like Jawad Howard just – isn't able to do that. And, and I think I'll point, I'll point this out to you as well. When uh, his subject was injured and they had to put Joey Baker in the lineup, the team seemingly just played better. They shared the ball more. Or, But with with Jet Howard in the lineup, and this is something I've heard people say, is that Juwan seems to just play more for, kind of do things more for his son, which... I've seen that I've seen that movie before, and it doesn't end well. That said, that said, I'm gonna ask I'll ask you guys, guys, if Michigan does not improve next year, we'll say I'd say they have to be. Um, I'll say I'll be fair. I'll say you know if they don't get to at least the the NCAA tournament as a six seed and finish, let's say. A fifth or better in the Big Ten. Is it t- is it time to say that Jawan Howard's seat is hot? Mm, well, let's see here. I'm, I'm I'm looking at his coaching record. He was 19 and 12 his first year, and then the COVID year supposedly he was coach of the year. He was 23 and five. Um, yeah, and regular season champion, I mean, uh, NCAA tournament. NC, he made the NCAA tournament and they final in the AP pool. Paul, they finished fourth. They, it was highest number two. Um, and then last season he was nineteen and fifteen. I believe they got to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, then you know what they? Fifteen. I mean, to be fair, I thought they got some. They did get some favorable draws there. They. Faced a Colorado State team that didn't have anybody to stop Dickinson and a Tennessee team that always seems to uh, choke in the early rounds. But hey, you still made you still made it there, so you can't I can't take that away from him. And then this year, seventeen and fifteen, mm-hmm. with uh, losses to Central Michigan, which is probably the worst loss of his career, and. There's a lot, and even da- and even down the stretch too, three straight three straight losses where you need to win, and in the and in those one score games, you don't come up with you don't come up with a win. Well, I I think it, it comes down to the recruiting aspect of it. He he doesn't recruit guards, which is not surprising because usually 
guys that were big men that become coaches, I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again where the, the guard play is always suspect. The guy rest his soul, Louis Orr, who used to coach at that team down south, Bowling Green, couldn't find a steady guard, or he was trying to get Crawford, the gunner, to be the point guard, but he's a, a gunner. So I, I, I think that that was the difference between him and Beeline. Beeline brought in guard play. You're going to win with guard play. Post players, you know, they'll clean up the stuff. They'll help you. But your major piece has to be guard play. And it, and it, 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 it would probably sicken Michigan fans to know that you had a guy like a Zeb Jackson there who's doing fantastic at VCU. Or you had a guy, I believe they, I think they won the A-10, or the BCU did. Or a guy like DeJulius, who's doing pretty well at, at Cincinnati. Those are guys that, let's be honest, if you had them, that'd be a formidable backcourt. Both can shoot. Open it up for Dickerson. So I, I really think that the problem with, with Jawan Howard was he recruited a lot of athletic wings and post players, thinking that he'd get away with that. And what happened was their athletic wings – and their scores, but you start to learn that they're not pure, consistent shooters. So they can get to the cup and score here and there, but they need volumes of shots. That's what takes away a little bit from your inside game, and plus it doesn't spread the floor because eventually people figure out, well, they can't shoot, so we'll just pack the the, 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 the floor. We'll pack it in. Don't let them drive and don't let them get it to Dickerson. You know, when Dickerson has to hit a, a last-second three-pointer to take it to overtime against Wisconsin, who then are having one of their better years, but um, overall, if you start to look at Jawan's record, it's been pretty mediocre. Um, and next season could be where the seat gets hot. I, I think he's sitting on the devil's lap right now, and that's the difference between his hot seat and him is that he's got the devil. He's sitting in the devil's lap. But I, I do think that it's, it's been somewhat of a disappointment considering that he's the guy that's came home and people uh, elevated him. Maybe I think because of the expectations and the clout he came in with is what happened. Because remember, when John Beeline came in, he almost got fired. But they gave him some time because he took over Tommy Amaker. But he was into his yeah. fifth seat. But he was into his fifth season. And they were like, dude, you brought in the players like a Trey Burke and a Karis LaVert and Stoskis and, and, and Mitch McGarry and, and Glenn Robinson the third, Tim Hardaway Jr., and then that's when they took off in 2011. But remember, he had b- believed he had taken over in about, was it 06, 07, or was it 07, 08? Uh, 2007, 2008 was when he took, when D-Line took over for Amaker. And, of course, that year, that year they were they were a downright, that, that Michigan team was a downright mess. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at least they they, they were they, was, they'd be, they would be somewhat competitive. No, no, the team was garbage. Well, they had, they had some uh, – I think that was when Manny Harris was a freshman. And, I mean, they had there were some moments there where you could see, like, things were starting to get better. They kind of took off a little bit in year two where they got to the second round of the tournament. And then third year things just kind of fell apart because they lost. Uh, they didn't have much in terms of uh, of uh, leadership from their upperclassmen. And then I think I, I just remember a conversation I had with uh, – my good friend Eric Polenz, who's a Michigan fan, I was talking to him. I said, "Look, it's year four B line. I'm do you what? What? What's your stance on him right now? Because at that time they were looking like yeah, they had another middle of the road season." He said, "That it's gonna 
I'm here. I'm willing to be patient with them. And around that time, things started to get better. They started winning some games, and that was a team that ended up almost knocking off Duke in the second round of the tournament. Yeah, his first season. Was, his first season, he was ten and twenty-two. Second season, they were twenty-one and fourteen. They made the NCAA tournament. That next season, yeah. they were fifteen and seventeen. They took a step back, and then. 2010-11, they were 35-21 and 21 in the NCAA tournament. Then 11-12, I believe, was Trey Burke's first year, I believe that was. He was yeah, 24. He was 24. They, they, lost to, they lost to Ohio. Uh, yeah, Ohio. DJ Cooper and Nick Kellogg. Frank, stop talking over me. It's bad Frank, radio. Yeah. It's, they, they were 24-10. and 10. They were regular season champions. And they made the tournament. But, yes, they lost to that Cinderella team, Ohio, with DJ Cooper and Kellogg, who eventually lost to North Carolina. Um, and then after that, they got to the Final Four. And then ever since then, from 2012 to when he basically left in 2019, it was it was great. Now, they did have a one down year in 14-15 where they were 16-16. and 16, But then after that, from 15 to 19, it was pretty much conference champion, conference turn, conference tournament champion, and a Final Four there in 17 and 18. So, I mean, it's a football school, Frank. But let's let's be honest. Do you really are you, are you are you saying he's on the hot seat because of what Beeline did, or are we saying it because there were higher expectations expected of him? I truly think that you can make the I can make the argument for both because I think given him having to follow up what Beeline did, who got you to two national championship games, and but also but 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 Frank, he didn't get to that championship game until six years later. Jamon Howard's only in his third season. Oh yeah, I I understand that, but. But once you're, once you're following up somebody and you've seen success, I mean, obviously you're going to be expected to match it or surpass it. I think that's your problem, though. And, but but also, though, when he can't, when he took the job, everyone said, oh, he's coming home. He's going to do great things. And I know at first, I think I and a lot of other people said, Let's pump the brakes. This guy's only been an assistant coach in the G League. No, he yeah, was an yeah. assistant coach in the NBA, actually, with the Heat. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. The, yeah I, I, I couldn't remember if he was actually with uh, Spolster's top assistant or if he was with the Miami's G League affiliate. I, I couldn't remember. Thank you for clearing that up. But, um, and everyone said, oh, he's going to get the recruits in. And, of course, one year he actually did get recruits in. But, I mean, Derek, you even alluded to it earlier. The recruiting has dropped off significantly. Now, I, I think he has it. I, I don't think it's dropped off because, you know, Kobe Bufkin is not a bad player. Um, so, I, but I think he's recruit. He's how can I put this? He's gone after guys that could be more complimentary pieces and you need the guard play. And I think, like I said, I think he thought he could win with athletic wings and post players. And it's like, no, you need the, you need the guards. You need the one and the two. And 
for some odd reason he couldn't attract a, a guard. And I and I and I and I feel bad because comparison is the thief of joy. That he's getting compared to Beeline, but if you think about it, in his first three seasons, he's at least made the NCAA tournament. He's won a conference crown. John Beeline didn't do that in his first four seasons. He made the NCAA tournament, but he didn't win. He didn't win a conference crown. So I, I think maybe you got to give this guy a little bit of time before we start saying that his seat is in fuego. Well, but but again, I think that if the results going to next year are the same as they are this year and what they were last year, then, yeah, I think the conversation about him losing his job definitely is going to be ramped up significantly. Okay, but the other thing, too, is from a recruiting standpoint, they don't have a single top 75 player coming in next year. So unless he's able to really pull something out with getting guys developed. But did Beeline do that? I mean – I mean, think about it. a lot does of the, the recruits. B-line does the name had. Duncan Robinson ring a bell? Yeah, but think about it. Beeline didn't bring in the the top recruits, and they're 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 really competitive. I mean, I I, I think that's where Jawan Howard might need to go. They might need to go in that direction. Is that you you got to build a team. You can't go in there and just think that this is like the olden days when he was a a prize recruit. Where if I get a whole bunch of five stars, we're gonna win. Because let's be honest with the. the and I've talked about this with Darren Cohn. Uh, scouting and recruiting has totally changed. A lot of it is, I don't know if it's more, I should be called uh, five clout instead of five star. Because a lot of these guys are just out there trying to get clout, trying to get their name out there to get somebody that hi- does their highlights. And if they can find a way to get on social media to build that media hype, you're getting guys that are probably getting recruited that shouldn't be five stars. Let's just call it what it is. It's it's all off a of hype than it is than actually having professional scouting services go and write these guys up. And the only time you heard about them was in the old Street and Smiths magazine or something like that. So he has to do his due diligence in recruiting, which in, in, in turn is his fault. He he has to. He needs to go in there and find the diamond in the roughs and 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 get that kid that has a grit to him and feels that they've been, they've been slighted. I think that's what John Beeline did. He picked up a lot of kids that, let's be honest, they weren't really the top guys at 18, but they grew into top guys at 20 and 21. And then that's where I think Juwan needs to kind of mix up his bag is where I'm going to find a couple, two or you know, three or four stars on the lower list that's going to be hungry and play for our program than trying to get a bunch of five-star guys who, let's just be honest, they this everyone that thinks that they're a five-star, they're going to the NBA. So they don't really give a rat's mm-hmm. ass about the program. I'm here for my one or two years, and I'm out of here. And it's like, well, you know, kid, you're not as good as you think you are. So I think that's one thing that Beeline taught us about college basketball. I want to get the guys that are going to believe in my program and my message and try to get their way to the league. And if you think about it, most of the players – that he came in were two or three stars, and they end up being pros. Yeah. So, David, you got anything to add on this one? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it's just a matter of, kind of we we want to give everyone else time instead of kind of the marquee names where kind of he's expected to just come in, win right away. 
and it's not as though he has. So this past year has just been a down year. Last his so the COVID nineteen year, and then twenty twenty went to the Elite Eight. Well, can Last we stop season he went that? to the Sweet Sixteen. Can we so stop it's not that? as though he's had. Um, well, twenty twenty he didn't go to the Elite Eight. Twenty one, he did. Yeah, twenty one. Because remember, twenty one. Because three years ago, exactly. Yeah, three years exactly. I believe COVID hit and everybody, everything shut down. So there was no NCAA tournament in twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty one. That that right. count, that point of basketball year. And why do we always call it the COVID year? Like it's an asterisk. I mean, everyone else does. They still hooped. I mean, that's just like with the yeah. NBA. The Lakers won, but it was in the bubble, so it don't count. Like, no, 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 no. Everybody still hooped. It wasn't like anyone got an advantage over anyone else. Yeah, I mean, kind of Miami and their role players not having to deal with anything. That's a whole different, whole different schedule. But, yeah, yeah, you, Jawan Howard needs time. And, yeah, even with the recruiting thing that you had just mentioned, and we like recruiting rankings don't matter because you can take a two or three stars and then – in three years' time, boom, they're consensus, you know, second-team All-American. Just because you have five stars coming in as a freshman doesn't mean your team's going to automatically kind of be – you're going to be the best of the best. So, yeah, and it's all about coaching. It's about development. It's about recruiting. And it's about execution. And if the players can't execute, it doesn't matter what your star ranking was. If you can't execute the game plan, then your teams are going to lose. True. And particularly kind of – even thinking about because I watched the Indiana Michigan game, that that was bad execution. I granted all the fans and everyone are blaming the coaching, but the coach can draw off the greatest play. If the players can't execute it, then you know, then does a coach always get the you know, brunt share of the blame? And then you bring in a new coach, and then the players still stink or still not executing. So then is it the, another coach's fault? That's the but that but that's the thing though that's part of coaching you get too much of the blame and too much of the credit. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just got to be a fifty-fifty. Like part of it is on Jawan Howard, and then half of it's on the players not executing. Mm-hmm. But fans don't want to hear that. Fans just want to automatically blame the coach and get the coach out. And like Frank, Frank does that. No, hey, I mean, I I actually agree. I agree with David. I mean, look, God. Guys, I mean, I understand Juwan Howard has to put his guys in good spots, but at the same time, it's not his job to check out on a free throw miss or to tell him when to pass the ball to the guy, the right guy. I mean, case in point, the Indiana game where Kobe Bufkin just seemingly throws the ball off a hundred Dickinson's rear end, and guys got to guys got to know oh how to execute as well, and. Truthfully, if you got two things that aren't really working, then yeah, you got problems. If, if Michigan executes in the final two minutes and doesn't miss every shot from the broad side of the bar, and they beat Indiana, like point blank period. Grant, everyone can say it's in a regulation, to, you know, is it smart or dumb to ever be at the line or make, you know, try to intentionally miss the free throw? Sure. But then. They can't hit the broadside of a bar in an overtime period. And then they'll try to bounce. Yeah. Like, if you make your shots, it makes basketball is a simple game. If you make your shots, 
and the other team doesn't, the team that makes the shot wins. So you should probably try to put in the basket. Yeah, or even have have somebody who you know you can go to because there's been times where you don't know like if they there's there's basically three offenses Michigan's had run the offense through Hunter Dickinson, which has probably been one of their excuse me better options, or run it through Kobe Buskin, who I thought's been decent, and then they run it through Jet Howard, and it seems like that's. That's all they have, but when it's down to crunch time, I'm, who's the guy that you want taking that last shot? I mean, that in the end game, I thought it should have been Kobe Buskin. But, that, but again, that's just me. So, Right, right. All right, well, Michigan. I, can I ask you one question before we move on to Michigan State? Why don't you have the same energy towards Howard as you do against James Joseph Harbaugh. I mean, you were really hard on him, but you seem like you're a little laxing with Jawan. Yeah. I would say. Well, it seems like that there's not, there wasn't as much, I think it seemed like there was more hype around Harbaugh than there was Howard. You think so? Yeah, that's just kind of how I viewed it again. But again, when Harbaugh came in, I was... Much younger now, older and wiser. I do oh. things a little bit differently. Right, because you used to spit in the mic and get so angry at Jim Harbaugh it's, and call him James Joseph Harbaugh. I'm like, why was he got against this guy? I was just curious. Yeah, hey. Frank, did, or well, David, do you think that was the case? That who was more, who had more hype? Uh, who, who had more hype, Harbaugh or Howard? I would I would say Harbaugh probably did. I'm talking about for David David point of view. Or oh, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. No, I would I would probably say Jawan because that's what I thought. Yeah, just because kind of the because he's coming from the Fab Five era, which you know everyone knows Fab Five coming in, kind of you know, like you said, son coming home. Like Jim Harbaugh coming to Michigan, it was expected for him to you know. Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan, Ohio State. If you can get over that hump, get to the postseason, like you're going to be great. Like, but when Juwan Howard came, they were, you know, everyone was like, "Boom! All right, all the Final Fours, Fat reunite Fat Five. Bring, bring in Jalen Rose. Bring, allow Chris Webber to actually be on the sideline and not punch Jalen Rose in the face. Like, like bring, we bring the like the gang back together. Like." Yeah, so I definitely think there was a lot more hype when Juwan came back. Yeah, I think also, look how long they gave Jim Harbaugh. I mean, there was a couple years ago, people think that James uh, Jim Harbaugh was supposed to get fired. Look what he's accomplished in the last few years. So I think Michigan realizes it takes time to build a program and really put your stamp on it. Um, now, do I think he has a little bit more uh, chances? Is is the is the leash getting short right now? Yes, but I don't think Michigan's going to let him go considering that They've given Beeline a bunch of chances and Harbaugh a bunch of chances to eventually get the program where it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not. there's not going to be a change made after this year, but I think next year has got to be the year where significant progress has to be made. All right, now let's talk about your Spartans, bro. Ah, uh, yes. And then... And look, a lot of people who've listened to me know that, yes, I have held Tom Izzo's feet to the fire mm-hmm. many times on these airwaves. So a lot of coaches. I think you just like the 
coaches to get fired. Like I think you get a joy out of coaches getting fired. Only uh, it's really the ones that do uh, the really like egregiously bad things. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the that's the only time where they, they get what they deserve. But if they, but if they just uh, aren't do aren't uh, getting the job done on the court, or not, it's a li- I'm a little bit more lenient. But anyways, all that aside, I this Michigan State team, I'm really. I'm honestly not really sure what to make of them. I mean, I know that they're safely in the NCAA tournament. I mean, depending on who you look at, whether it's Lenardi or Mike DeCorsi, they're anywhere from a six to a seven seed. And what what kind of drives me nuts is they don't have much for post presence. But at the same time, they have a very veteran backcourt. AJ Hogard, Tyson Walker, and it seems like at this time of year, veteran backcourts somehow, some way, seem to carry teams. And I've heard many people say that this is the type of Tom Izzo team that might be a, a five, six, seven seed and goes ends up going on a run. And as much as the fan of me wants to believe that, I'm saying, can we pump the brakes until we see who we get matched up against? But also, I also believe that there's really not that clear-cut, dominant number one team that says, yeah, this team's a lot to win it all because I think that's get off subject that this year's tournament field is a complete crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, that's, I mean, it's just... No, they have guard, I mean, but the, yeah, oh, Michigan, Michigan State has guard play, though. Yeah, they, they they do. I mean, Walker and Haggard or Haggard. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so, sorry, I, I I lost you for a second, Derek. Oh, Walker. But, and I mean, I've, yeah, yeah I've, I've liked what I've seen out of AJ Hogarth. Hogarth. Harden. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, in fact, uh, he's actually from the uh, same city as uh, one of the best mid-range shooters of all time was. Who? Rip Hamilton. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he. What city is so, that? And he, and even Tyson Walker's had his really nice games as well. But what city the weird is, he, what city is, is when uh, Walker has a huge game, like where he's dropped like thirty points. Michigan State has lost, and when against Purdue the first time, he he had a thirty point game. They end up losing by two points in East Lansing. I think he had a big game against Illinois in Champaign. They ended up losing that one. And then against Iowa, the game where nobody decided to play a lick of defense, as he ends up dropping 30 and they lose an OT. And I think, I mean, it's just, that's, just, that's just something I'm going to chalk up as just plain weird. So what are, what, what are your thoughts on their, their chances in the uh, tournament? Uh, there's a there's a part of me that thinks that depend that they could go on a sweet 16 run but there's also part of me that's hesitant to believe that they will because again it's really going to come down to matchups if they go against somebody who's got a, a very good big guy that to me tells me no they're probably not going to 
But if they get some, but if they get a fair bug, if they get somebody who's not very good in the low post and maybe doesn't have a strong defense, then maybe yeah, they could possibly get to the second weekend. Which I true, I want, I want to see them do that because, quite frankly, as a fan, I'm kind of getting tired of seeing Izzo not get to the second weekend. He's only done it once in the last five years, and that was 2019. Okay. Not well, really once since the 2015-2016 season, but yeah, two times past the first weekend. But but he still has a, he still has a job, and they want to fire Juwan Howard. But <laughs> hey, I'm not I'm not yeah. saying I want him fired. I'm just saying what I think will probably happen. It's not what I'm wanting to happen, guys. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're they're gonna let you know what's his face stay there forever. So. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said it. I think that Izzo eventually is gonna end up retiring on his own. When? I mean, I thought. I mean, I thought it would be after his son Stephen Grant ends up uh, using his eligibility up. But then again, he's also got one of the top classes coming in next year with um, I'm trying to remember who it all is. Uh, Jeremy Fears, point guard. Um, Colin Carr, who's this super athletic wing, who's. You can probably look up his dunk highlights on YouTube. Uh, Garrick Norman, who's a really good shooter, and then uh, Xavier Booker, who's a big guy out of, I believe he's from Indianapolis. So, I mean, that's a he's got a really good class coming in. Mm-hmm. And I think if he ends up getting uh, and Tyson Walker to stick around for another year, because I believe Walker has a COVID year mm-hmm. that he can use, and... Obviously, I think AJ Hogarth's gonna stick around. Then, yeah, then possibly next year's team could be pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Keyword could be. I'm not right. saying they will be, but but he'll have, he'll have some he'll have some he'll have some pieces to work with. Some young, some real some young, young exciting talent, along with a lot of dudes who have been around, have been through the wars, and guys who you're gonna say, hey, we can lean on you. Uh, in these tight moments. That's true. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Final yeah, I'd like to uh-huh. like to hear what David has to say about that. Yeah, say something, David. Oh, no, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, wouldn't that be great to leave a great class for your heir apparent? Kind of get them off to a good start. I mean, after, granted, like, you know, he can coach as long as he wants. It seems like no matter what he does, it's going to take a lot for him to get fired from Michigan State. I think more likely, like oh. you said, he'll probably leave one of his own terms. Yes, I've, um, I've yeah. been, I have, I've been in that camp. I mean, look, I know I, I know I have, I've been one to hold Izzo's feet to the fire a lot of times. But I'm also going to say, yeah, he's earned the right to go out on his own. And I think that if he, but I've, I've also, there's also part of me that said, hey. I would love to see him get his second national title because, I mean, he's basically he's in the room. He's in the room with all the great coaches of all time. I would have gotten a national title, but I think if he gets that next one, you can put him in like the VIP velvet rope area with the John Woodens, the Roy Williamses, the Mike Shashevskys of the world. You put you put him in there. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, so... So, your, your, your wrap-up of this. Nice little bow tie. Both teams, final thoughts. Um, I'll say there is potential for Michigan State to go on a run this year. Here. And... Possibly use it as a springboard with a big good class coming in and do something special next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of ifs, but hey, it's po- it's possible that it could happen. Mm-hmm. As for Michigan, there's going to have to be a lot of improvements made, or or things are not going to be going very well in Ann Arbor. And I'll end, and I'll end the segment by giving a couple of shout outs on the high school side. Uh, yeah, go ahead. For girls basketball, got a shout out Bedford's girls team. They ended up uh, losing in the regional semifinals to a very talented Wayne Memorial team, mm-hmm. team by eight points. And uh, Victoria Gray from Bedford, only a sophomore, was clearly the best player on the floor that game. And she was going up against Mayla Ham, who is a finalist for Miss Basketball on the side with Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, Bedford's girls got all five stars coming back next year. And I think they could be special next year. So I'm really excited to see what they can do next year. Also got to give a shout-out to uh, Blissfield's girls basketball team as they defeated the defending state champion Arbor Prep Gators last night by 50-38 to in the regional championship game. Uh, Avery Collins, their point guard, was just – on she was on another level. I mean, she had I think it was twenty three points, eight steals. Falls. She was clearly she was clearly the difference maker, and she's only a junior. I think that anybody who any college scouts out here, I think they need to take notice of her because she is she's definitely going to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. So, I just want to give give those two teams a shout out. Um, Obviously, you got boys districts. Uh, will be obviously will have taken place uh, today. Obviously, when we hear this, it'll already be done. So, hopefully, Bedford can end up taking care of business against Woodhaven tonight. Mm-hmm. All right, and also got uh, Ida and Dundee, Monroe County's version of Tobacco Road Part Three. <laughs> this is actually the sixth meeting thing since. Uh, Last season, they met three times last year. Here, Ida ended up uh, getting the last lap of the district championship. So far this year, Ida has won both meetings. But it's going to be played on Dundee's home floor. So, we'll how did that, how there. That, that happen to get on Dundee's floor? Were they the better record? Who took over for bowling? Um, Jay Hazelschwert mm-hmm. has taken over. I mean, Dundee has got some, uh, still got some, there's still a few, uh, Guys left over from when we left there. Um, there um, the freshman, basically. Uh, yeah. And then, well, Ethan Layton, who's a junior guard, he was actually, he was basically practicing with the varsity in our last year there. But uh, Braden Whitaker, he's a, he's a really outstanding player. Mm-hmm. They're very athletic, can shoot the ball very well, gets to the rack. I mean, Ida, obviously they've got Tyler Robertson, mm-hmm. senior point guard who just committed to Concordia University. Mm-hmm. But they also have A.J. Schrader, her, who's a wing, being a really good shooter. And 
fun fact about AJ, his uh, father, Rich, was a member of uh, the 1988 Final Four team that was at Dundee. So, <laughs> but you're we know that you're cheering for. Uh, yeah, I got sorry. Yeah, I got I got a pull for my alma mater since I'm not on staff at Dundee anymore. <laughs> okay, well, good. And uh, like I said, Tyler Robertson, I coached on Athlete HQ over the summer. Congratulations to him for uh, you know basically uh, signing his uh, letter of intent, uh, or or he's committed actually. He hasn't signed anything yet, so yeah, no, no, no signing yet. But we'll we'll see what happens there. Okay. And and actually they got a new coach Jarrett Jansen's not there anymore, but they with the they started out a little sluggish and then Ida went on, on a winning streak actually, right? Yes, uh, yeah, Jared Carner, who was uh, Jansen's assistant, he's taken over and they have been I think they've won like I wanna say it's eleven consecutive games now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that win streak they beat they ended up beating Onstead at Onstead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also beat a Jonesville team that was uh, that was up in the state rankings, and then they also beat a Clinton team that's got a lot of talent, and was also playing for a district championship tonight as well. Also, I mean, they've been Ida's uh, definitely be a team that I don't think anybody wants to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that that's good to hear. Uh, all right, is that it, Frank? Uh, yep. Thanks again, gentlemen. And what did uh, Jared? Jared's the AD, right at uh, St. Mary Central Catholic. Is that uh, yes. team still oh, playing? Oh, and a quick shout! Quick shout out to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. They knocked off Erie Mason in the district semifinals. So what? Be, yes, they they beat Erie Mason. Erie with Skaggs in them, and the, yeah. the Brown Boys. Yeah, they they ended up, yeah. SFCC ended up winning a. And uh, but the funny thing was, I was I actually was uh, talking with uh, Buddy Snodgrass, who was one of their top players at SMCC. I said to him, I "said to him, you're gonna have to have a big game," and lo and behold, he did. So, but they got a tough one against Drew Review, Gabriel Richard. So we'll see what ends. We'll see what happens there. But hey, I've said this time and time again. It's March. Everybody is zero and zero. This is, is River is Gabriel Richard in the Detroit Catholic High School League? Yes, they are. And they have boys and girls, right? Yes, right. Yeah, Riverview Gabriel Richard is a co-ed Catholic school. How's their girls teams? I'm not really sure, to be quite honest with you. No, Frank doesn't have an answer, huh? Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not. I'm not one who uh, follows uh, the Catholic League too closely. I know that uh, uh, in the upper divisions. I know that. Bloomfield Hills, uh, Marion, uh, and I think Farmington Hills, Mercy, and uh, Warren Regina have been some of the top dogs, at least on the girls' side. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Toledo Catholic schools, they're going up there. So, you know, it'll be interesting. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, Frank, like I said, you, you probably got to get going here. All righty. Um, what do you got planned on the weekend? Uh, probably just uh, watching some uh, college uh, tournaments. I'm um, hoping that the uh, hoping that the Rockets can take care of Ohio and end up getting to the championship game for Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I'll watch some of the Big Ten tournament as well. Okay, yeah, and uh, hopefully, you know, Michigan's already out, but Michigan State's still in it, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, Michigan State will be playing Ohio State uh, on Friday at. Uh, about 
2.30-ish. Oh, pretty soon. And Ohio State's on a roll. Yeah, they've... Uh... Yeah, they ended up uh, getting a win over Wisconsin and beating Iowa, so see what happens there. Right, and then I'm sure, make sure you watch uh, Frank's Twitter because if Ohio State beats Michigan State, he will be wanting uh, Mr. Izzo fired. Uh, no, I won't. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. You know, I, I know how sometimes you get emotional about those losses. <laughs> well, not, not as emotional as uh, Rutgers and Purdue right now as there was almost a skirmish on the floor and Zach Eady had to be held back. <laughs> right, and I'm watching, like I said, I'm still watching that women's action. The, the Rockets have clinched. They're going to go to the championship, but they're now waiting to see who they play, and it could be possibly Bowling Green or Ball State. Uh, but it looks like it's Bowling Green as they got a, a, a narrow lead with about middle of the fourth quarter. Ooh, <laughs> I guarantee Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is going to be a madhouse if that's the case. Right, it could be. Anyway, Frank, have a good weekend, man. All right, thank you, Derek. That was Frank Vashner here on 88.3 WHTs. After further review, David, what do you got coming up? Yeah, we'll talk about those Rockets. And is this season between the Rockets men and women the greatest in the history of the show's existence? Possibly, possibly not. I would probably go lean towards possibly. But you listen to 88.3 after further review. If you missed the show, make sure you notice us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. WHT's after further review. Picture of Frank Burst and Vashner's in the horse's head. Coming up, more after further review after this.